This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Created live on Fireside. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and how do you decide how to spend your money? We're frequently told, spend extravagantly on the things you love and cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. Our roundtable is here to break down how they make these trade-offs. Joining us from the Fi Show, it's Cody Berman. And it's the fiery millennial herself, Gwen Mers. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Harry Houdini. <laughs> Just kidding. He was totally able to escape this death trap of a podcast, so we're just going to settle for Len Penzo again. And I'll bring this podcast home with some truly magical trivia. You didn't see that one coming, did you? And now, a guy who chooses to spend his money on way too much boxed wine, it's Joe Saul Seahai. It's funny, Doug, last time I had boxed wine, actually, one of the few times I've actually only had boxed wine, I was at our mutual friend Andy Hill's house from the Marriage, Kids, and Money show. Andy was hanging out with us last week, but boxed wine at his house, and I got to say, don't knock it till you try it. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Salsi. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and we've got a fantastic show today. Not only are we live on the Fireside app, hanging out with a bunch of stackers, but we also have the one and only Len Penzo calling in from deep under Los Angeles. How are you, man? I'm doing good. And, and uh, that Harry Houdini, Doug, you know, for my next trick, I'm going to make you funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if I know that I'm was lame over here, I would, I would have was really lame. I would have loved to have given you the script ahead of time, but but I got to tell everybody, you didn't have that ahead of time. You you cooked that up in seconds, Mister Penzo. I know, I'm good, man. I'm good. That is awesome. <laughs> no, you know I I love Doug. Doug is Doug is the man. I have a man crush on Doug. Oh boy, let's uh, save it for later, kids, because Len, we've got some other guests to meet here. Most weeks we have one guest, this week we have two. Let's start off with Miss Fiery Millennial herself, the blogger behind the Fiery Millennial's blogging sphere. Gwen Mers is here. Hey, Jill, how's it going? It's better now that you're here. I feel like we don't talk enough. Well, you have my number. That is true. Tell everybody your story because we're going to be talking about this idea of early retirement and you you tried early retirement and you threw it back. Yeah, kind of. I think it would be more of an accurate statement to say that I failed at early retirement, but it, it all washes out in the end. So uh, I found financial independence when I was in college and the first five or so years of my career, I saved up a ton of money. And uh, tried to strike out on my own and be my own boss and being an entrepreneur and a landlord. And in less than nine months, it all came crashing down and I was broke living in my mom's basement. 
Well, you know what, though? It's a heck of a story. And I, I don't know if you have you seen the Teddy Roosevelt uh, speech, the, the man in the arena about how it's easy for people to be critics of what other people are doing. And I feel like we need this now. It's another thing to get out there and try it. And it, I mean, it's awesome that you gave it a shot. Yeah, no, it's a it was a very valuable learning experience. You know, I'm back in the W2 world. I have no desire to uh, leave early. And uh, I can tell you that the grass isn't greener on the other side for me. So I have no pining whatsoever. I took that out of the equation. Well, and I love that because you also had a mini retirement. And a lot of people don't get that until they're in their 60s. And you've already been there. Speaking of guy who's definitely not in his 60s, he's a guy also who is financially independent at a young age. Cody Berman from the Five Shows here. How are you, man? Hey, yo. What's going on, Joe? Last- Haven't talked to you since you moved over to kind of my neck of the woods in, in the U.S. <laughs> I was going to say, last time that you and I were, were together, we were drinking beer in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with Andy Hill as well. I'm surprised we didn't have box wine that night. That's right. Well, tell everybody about the Fi Show because I love what you guys do. Yeah, so on our podcast, we pretty much are doing exactly what we're doing here and taking people from all different points in their path. It could be someone who just learned about financial independence. They're starting to, you know, maybe rein in that spending. Maybe they picked up a new side hustle. And we also um, interview people who have retired early, people who are retiring in their late 20s, early 30s, people who have started businesses, people who are doing all these awesome and creative things with personal finance to kind of build the life that they love. So that's essentially the show in a nutshell. It is so awesome. The stories that you share and the stories that Gwen has on her blog, not only a lot of fun to listen to, but perfect for our discussion today. So we got Cody here. We got Gwen here. We got Len. We got Doug. Guys, let's get today's party started, huh? Today, we're going to focus on this idea of spending money on what you love and when is frugal really better. The inspiration for this comes from a a blog called TikTok Life, and it's a a married couple that was able to be financially independent at age 35. And the piece is called A Clever Way to Financial Independence, My Money Mindset. Now, I'm going to start off this discussion by saying this is level two stuff. And in fact, the blogger Chris talks about this in the piece. Level one is figure out what your expenses are. Try to divorce what you make from what you spend, right? Build a difference between the two of those. But once you're able to do that, then it's about mindset. And Gwen, I'm going to talk to you because you've been here before. Uh, let's go to you first. You know, this idea of mindset makes me roll, roll my eyes sometimes. People are like, oh, it's all about mindset. I'm like, oh, stop telling me that. But really for you, what clicked? What changed when you decided to pursue your early retirement? Well, here I was just freshly graduated from college where I had a pretty open schedule and you know, as long as I showed up to classes a few times a week, I was good and I could do whatever I wanted. Well, then all of a sudden I was in a cubicle in fancy clothes doing work that I didn't really like, surrounded by people who I didn't really gel with. And it was kind of miserable. And I just wanted the kind of lifestyle that I had back in college where I didn't really have to worry about expenses. I could go to the dining hall for food three times a week or three times a day. And I didn't have to, you know, make it myself. And it was just kind of like the ideal lifestyle. And I really wanted to get back to that. You want to be back in mom's basement? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, no, no. During college, I had a, a great time not in my parents' basement. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Cody, how about you? When did your mindset change and you decided it was time to pursue a, a, maybe not an early retirement, but financial independence? So I only lasted seven months, actually, in my first corporate job. And I actually wrote an article about this. I think it's kind of funny. I kind of think discovering the whole financial independence community, the retire early community, it was a blessing and a curse because my job was okay. It was uh, in commercial real estate lending, pretty decent work-life balance, pretty decent team that I worked with. Although there, I mean, I could talk for days about the things that were wrong with it, but it wasn't like the worst job in the world. But, you know, I'm talking to these people at events on my podcast on just meeting people in all these different arenas on social media. And there's people that are doing just amazing things, like people retiring early, people traveling the world, people working from wherever they wanted. And so it's kind of just having an eye in that world. I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to sit at this desk and take orders from my boss. I'm going to try to, you know, build a lifestyle like all these amazing people that I'm seeing around me. 
So, so you were moderately happy in what you were doing. What were you introduced to first? I'm, well, I was actually introduced to the whole financial independence movement previously, like actually when I was 19 years old, so I was a sophomore in college through Mr. Money Mustache in the Fire Arena. But Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week, is kind of the one who got my gears turning and that there was this alternative way where you could, you know, whether it's investing your time, investing assets to then get a return down the road, like something like a passive income or a semi-passive income or what Tim Ferriss called muses. And then that's kind of how I came into the whole financial independence world. That's that's so interesting. Uh, Len, how about you? You never really pursued. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're set to retire at an early age, earlier than most, but you didn't pursue it at a young age. No, you know what? I was... I've been thinking about this. It's like, why? And I'm thinking, honestly, I think it's the internet has changed. It has a lot to do with this, you know, retire early mindset. Um, Just because there's so many more opportunities to make money on the side without having a, you know, without having an employer to do things. So there's so many more opportunities for people these days. Like when I was in my late twenties, the internet was just a, just an idea really. So, and it, it was nowhere near as mature as it, as it was starting in the 21st century. So I think if I had the internet back then, I would have definitely made a, made an effort, but, uh, you know, it wasn't around and I don't think I, I just didn't feel like I had the opportunity to even try and make it because I, I think most people in fire, they've got some sort of side hustle or something on the side. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would still need that safety net. So, yeah, the, that's that's why. Yeah, the people who write this, they both, Chris and Jenny, uh, work uh, part time. They're just doing work that they love, and uh, they actually have saved up enough money by their mid thirties to be able to retire on it later if they don't touch it. So now their goal is to take lower paying jobs and do the things that they love versus doing versus doing a different job. And I'm wondering, Gwen, back to you for just a second, because I'm very curious about this, that early retirement, how much did that have to do specifically, you think, with not liking your job? Because I get that feeling from a lot of retire early people that this idea of retiring early has less to do with retirement and more to do with the fact that I just got to get the hell out of this toxic workplace. It was pretty much 100% of it. It was like 5%. I didn't like the location that I was in in the U.S. It was a very uh, small city in the Midwest, and there wasn't a whole lot going on for me there. And I I didn't really fit in with the crowd. I was having trouble dating, and it, it was just not a great place for me. But the other 95% of it was the company. It was a small town. That company ruled the city. And uh, the saying was, if that company got a cold, then the city did too, because they employed directly or indirectly so many people. So you kind of had this one-stop shop in town, and there was nothing else that could pay me anywhere near that, anywhere near the area. So I was I was really stuck. And the culture, now that I look back on it, that I've been in other companies, really wasn't that great. But why not just move out of town, move to a different city? Well, that's terrifying. Who wants to do that? It's easier just to, you know, save up a giant cushion of money and then just not have to work uh, at all anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep, well, right. If you like your friends and you like the town otherwise and you don't have to work there, I mean, as long as the town, it sounds like with it, that corporate environment, it's like the corporate version of Footloose, right? Nobody can dance. Nobody can do anything. And you're the person stepping out of line. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm glad that you're, we have a little age difference between us. I'm glad you got my Footloose reference. That was good. Listen, I might not have been born in the 80s, but I know the 80s movie references. You're still a Kevin Bacon fan. Kevin Bacon, man. <laughs> hey, hey and Joe, away. they remade Footloose. Oh, they you know, the, that's the, right. They did. Yeah. That's right. We do not speak of the remake. Oh, nice. See, that's good. Nice job. Uh, let's take this to the next level, this discussion. And I want to talk about, uh, in this piece, they're actually talking about value, right? And the line people always quote is, spend extravagantly on things that you value. This guy, Chris, says that is false, Cody, that 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 line doesn't go far enough. Do you agree with spend extravagantly on the things you value and then cut expenses on things you don't, that that's true? So I definitely agreed with a lot of stuff in this piece. There were a few hangups. And I think one of the big hangups I had is that it's definitely not like a one size fits all solution. Even just pulling apart this quote, and I think it's a Ramit Seti quote, yeah, spend extravagantly on the things you love, cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. So I I really think it it depends on your age and where you're at in your financial journey. I know you mentioned at the beginning, Joe, like having that kind of level one where 
you you know you're raining your expenses, you're bringing in more income, hopefully than you're than you're uh, kicking out the door. But I think if you're in your you know early twenties, maybe even late twenties or early thirties, and you want to retire in the next 10, 15 years, like that's something that is really important to you, and that's on the horizon. Even if you love that sports car, you shouldn't be buying that sports car the first second that you kind of get that level one done. Like you need to build up some kind of financial cushion. You need to be investing. You need to be buying assets that are going to pay you into the future. Because if you don't, then you're just kind of kind of be, you know, you're going to have this huge ball and chain dragging on you during your entire financial journey if you start just maxing out spending on the things you really value early on in that journey. And I think it is easier to, sorry, (laughs) I think it's a bit easier to, not spend frivolously once you're coming out of, say, like a college environment, once you're coming out of young adulthood, because you haven't had that taste of the nice stuff yet. You haven't had that lifestyle creep. You haven't had that you know, lifestyle inflation. That's great, Cody. I think that what you're saying, let me let me see if this is accurate, is that initially when you're first starting that journey where you're cutting a lot of stuff, right? To build that difference between the amount that you're spending and the amount that you're bringing in so you can get this higher rate of savings that maybe you can use this extravagant piece on a few things, almost like it's a carrot, like you, you like a celebration, like you meet milestones and then you celebrate. It sounds like that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like if you, let's say you like nice cars and you want to buy this $80,000 sports car, you know, maybe you can afford it when you're 27 or 28 years old, you're making pretty good money or saving 10 or 15% of it. And you're like, you know what? I have enough money for this, but you go invest that money 10 years later you can buy that same sports car. You're going to be in a way better financial position and you're going to have these assets, these income generating assets that are just literally going to be making you money while you sleep. And when I talk to people who are my age, I always reference the rule of 72. I'll get wicked nerdy for two seconds here, but it's basically you divide whatever your expected interest rate is um, into 72. So let's say you expect to get a 7% interest rate just in an index fund, stock market, or whatever. You divide 72 by 7, it's about 10. So every 10 years, what the rule 72 says is that your money will double. So what I tell people is like, you know, you're in your mid-20s or 30, you discover financial independence early on. You know, thank God if you do, if you're in college or something, save 100 grand by the time you're 30. It's 200 grand by the time you're 40. It's 400 grand by the time you're 50. It's 800 grand by the time you're 60. By the time you're 70, it's 1.6 million without you touching it. So just like putting that money away early is so, so important. So that's why I try to, for my audience, which is typically people in their 20s and early 30s, like if you can kind of resist the lifestyle inflation, the lifestyle creep early on, that money is just going to be so much more valuable down the road because you you held off and you waited for that delayed gratification of that thing that you really do value. Len Penzo didn't touch it early because he thought he'd go blind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, could, I could, could not help that. Len, Len, do you agree with what Cody's uh, cooking? Yeah, I, of course. I, I think the less you spend, you know, you'd say, well, it's obvious, but the less you spend early on in life, the more choices you have later in life, the more money you have down the road. So the, the question is, especially if you're pulling in, if you're doing buying things on debt, I mean, it's even worse because you're, you're actually, uh, you're digging a hole for yourself. But the, the whole thing is delayed gratification. I mean, you can spend it now or you can spend it later. And if you can use the money that you would spend on extravagant items up front and instead put that in investments and buying assets that can earn you a better return down the road, you'll be much better off. And the things you'll want down the road, you can get more, like Cody said, you can have more of them. So of course, it serves you well to minimize your spending early on, even though there's the temptation, you've got your job, you've got that paycheck coming in, and all of a sudden you purchase up to your purchasing power. Uh, so, so it's a challenge. But yeah, you want to you want to hold back. And I was just talking with my son the other day about this. Yeah, my daughter is you know I've lived below my means my whole life, and that's the only reason I'm kind of in the position I'm in now um, on the verge of retirement because I've lived so far below my means. So, you know, we could have lived like kings. Um, you know, somebody the other day told me, Len, that they, that they said, because they have a spending personality, that when they got that urge to buy things, that they, they started buying assets. So in other words, that instead of going to the mall, they would jump online and buy a few shares of stock and that that would give them the same feeling, but now they're accumulating things, right? So they, and then they fell in love with, with buying stock. You think that that was, was that your story or do you not really have that spender urge? Well, that's, 
Um, I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not somebody who I, money doesn't burn a hole in my pocket. So I naturally, and I, and you know me, I'm, I'm Mr. Risk averse. So I've always been about, you know, having money for a rainy day, no matter what, no matter how much that is. So, but even then, I, even so I do have things that I enjoy and there's things that I do spend money on my trains, right? Yeah. I spend, I spend a lot of money on my train. But were you doing that the whole time? Or, or early on, like Cody in this piece we're talking about. Well, early on, no, early on, I was spending, I will say, an unhealthy amount of money on my my rock and roll music career. Ah. I've I bought, for example, for my guitar, I, I bought a, a a double stack, which could have probably played Dodger Stadium, and I didn't. I was playing little bars, but at the time, you know, I didn't care. So, and I, I, I wasted money on that, and I've actually written about that how that was pretty stupid, but. You know, I looked at it at the time as, well, it's an investment in my future career. You know, if I ever become a rock star, it didn't work out. What's funny, though, is you can do that and it doesn't, I mean, it didn't, it, it, you don't feel like that killed your ability to retire, though. No, 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 no. It wasn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. But, but you know, looking back, it's like, boy, what, an, what, a, what a moron I was doing something like that. Gwen, when you were working in, in your career that you did not like, clearly you were going to have to sock some money in a way in a hurry, right? To get this goal of taking a stab at, at retiring early. How were you able to save just a ton of money? What Were there any specific hacks you did? So the, um, the big three is where you really want to focus. So I had a car that I had paid for in cash with my military bonus, and I drove that 2005 car for nine years. I said I was going to drive it until the wheels fell off. Well, the wheels fell off and then I kept driving uh, after I put new ones back on it. So um, not having a car payment was huge because that meant all of my money was mine to keep and and sock away and it wasn't going to paying down debt. Um, Number two was housing. So I rented smaller places than I I needed. Um, I had roommates and house hacked. Like I tried to keep my housing expenses as low as I possibly could. Um, proud basement dweller here. I've lived in more than a few basements. They're really cheap. I'm so So, proud. um, I know you, you, we bonded over that. Um, so they're really helpful. And then, um, number three was like food and entertainment, where instead of going out with my friends every weekend to the bars, um, I'd have my friends come over to my house. We'd play board games. We, you know, I'd cook them dinner. Uh, we'd hang out at the fire pit and you know watch logs burn and drink out by, uh, out back in the, the backyard. So there's just all sorts of a cheaper entertainment where I was still getting the value of hanging out with my friends, but I wasn't paying forty or fifty dollars, uh, you know, minimum to go somewhere and do that in public. And what, uh, what percentage of your income were you able to save doing that? Gosh, it varied anywhere between like 50 to 70% when I was really, really cutting back and saving as much as I possibly could. Nice. That's so powerful. I will say that that's not very sustainable for a long amount of time. So get it in while you can and don't feel bad about having to bump it back down. All right. I think it's time we do some trivia. Doug, you got the trivia all set for us today? I sure do, Joe. All right. Here we go. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Famous lumberjack, experienced bunion remover, and financial savant. All this talk about money mindset makes me think about budgets. You know, my mindset is you should have a huge budget and then just cover it by earning more. Bam, come up, people. This stuff is not that hard. It's all in my new upcoming course, Spend Your Way to Greatness. Hey, one thing you should never cut from your budget, breath mints. I mean, I don't care how your financial picture looks. If you have halitosis when you're three feet away from me telling me about your happy holiday in historic Halifax, I don't want to hear it. Here's a question that's tougher than a $2 steak. How do you tell someone they have bad breath? I'm bringing this up because Joe's mom never has bad breath, but right now, oh my God, she must be expecting vampires because she oded lay up on the Arlick gay, if you know what I mean. Don't want to offend the queen of the basement, but somebody's got to help her out. I think I got an idea though, but before I try it out, do you know when you don't want to have bad breath? When you're trapped in a coffin underwater like Houdini was all the way back in 1926. 
He was trapped in a historic underwater coffin trick for a pretty legendary and absurd amount of time. That guy made tons of money on his stunts, so let's make that today's question. How long was he underwater before he ultimately escaped? I'll be back faster than you can escape that person who always has bad breath. If you're new to our show, uh, you may not know that we have a year-long trivia contest going on between our three contributors, and it's a strange show today because normally, a lot of times, we don't have one of the contributors here. We give them some time off since we've been doing this for about a decade, and uh, everybody likes to have a little vacation, but we have two people that are helping us out. So uh, Gwen, you will play on behalf of Paula Pant from Afford Anything. Paula Yay. Paula has nine. It is in second place. Cody, that's good news, bad news for you. You want the good news first or the bad news? Hit me with the bad news. <laughs> the bad news is, is you're going to have to guess first, my friend, because you're playing on behalf of OG, which brings up the good news. OG is winning with 11. And Len, I don't know what the hell's going on with you. You are in last place, my friend, with eight. That's what happens. You take my a couple goodness. weeks off and nobody wins on your behalf. I don't, oh, my gosh. You just blame it on the other people. But so the good news, Len, though, is I think maybe for the first time in a long time, you get to take the last guess. All right, so <laughs> Cody, 1920s, uh, Harry Houdini, underwater in a coffin. How long was it for? Seven minutes and 15 seconds. Seven minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, any thoughts around how you came up with that? Kind of a random guess, but I remember seeing like, I don't know, was it David Blaine or someone? They did like 18 minutes, but that's after learning all these crazy breathing techniques, having like a temperature regulated thing. So I'm thinking back in the 20s, Harry Houdini was definitely an impressive dude. So I'm guessing somewhere around half of what we can do today. That's right. kind of how I came about roundabout answer. <laughs> gotcha. So like modern advancements brought us to David Blaine as they learn more. <laughs> exactly. Over the, He's the upgrade. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. All right, Gwen, uh, where do you sit on this one? Harry Houdini. Oof. Uh, I'm going to guess three minutes and 30 seconds. Three minutes. And, and, and why so much less than what Cody said? Well, that's the amount of time that uh, I can take my partner's breath away before he really gets into trouble. So I figure it's about the same. <laughs> what do you, do you have a pillow over his mouth? I was going to say. I don't, what? <laughs> no, my beauty. It takes his breath oh, away. Oh, that. Yes, of course. Of course. Gotcha. Len Penzo. You got 715 and 330. Um, I would say... What was the biggest number? I, I think these numbers are way too small. Seven minutes and 15 seconds, yeah. No, it's got to be more than that. Blaine, Cody, you even said it. Blaine, Blaine was like 20 minutes, I think. I watched that. I mean, the guy was in bad shape, but he – and Houdini had to have had some sort of trick. I'm, it's got to be more than seven. I'll say, oh, whatever he said, one second more. I'm going <laughs> to – you know what? It, it, yes. That's that's how the Chelsea Brennan trick works. She was the first person to do that on our show, making that uh, – you know, she she gets the it name right. Let me guess though. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going one second above, but I, if I had to guess, I'd say it would be like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. But, yeah. but, but no, no, no. No, no. I'm saying whatever Cody said plus one second. Yeah. But, but, but in truth, you think you must have had a way of cheating is what you're saying. I think so. He had some trick. Yes, well, I think he was cheating. Yeah. We would love to tell you exactly which one of these is right, but we don't play that way. We're going to make you wait first. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money, And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, we're able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now... Because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Cody, at first seven minutes and 15 seconds sounded great. And you were you were riding high, man, but you're feeling confident now? Not after that intro. <laughs> now I'm kind of sandwiched in between here. So unless it's like six minutes, then I'm kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But somewhere between five, what, 545? <laughs> yeah. And then Gwen, the good news is, is that to Cody's point, if, if the technology here has come a long way, then 330 might, might be the winner. You feeling good? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, like the world record for holding your breath is like four some odd minutes. So I'm feeling pretty confident. We think that David Blaine doesn't hold the official record for that with that 20 minute thing. I think he does. I'm talking about like, you know, like free diving. Oh, the free four minutes underwater. Free diving stuff. Yeah. 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 And then Len, you, you really think it's 30, but how are you feeling about this one? I'm, I'm feeling good. I think this is a victory. I, I think I'll tie Paula. There's no freaking, he was cheating. He was cheating. It has to be some huge number. Well, we're about to find out. Doug's ready with the answer. Here we go. Hey there, stackers. I'm back. It's Coach Doug telling you how to handle a problem. You just attack it head on. Remember that issue I'm having with Joe's mom's breath? Well, if you're a good friend, you'll just be honest and to the point. And that's why I've decided to write a note to Joe's mom and, you know, disguise it in OG's handwriting. I'm just going to slip it under her door and run like hell. Like I said, hit your problems head on. On that note, how exactly do you spell nasty halitosis? I'm just asking for a friend. Well, before I finish drafting this, let's get you your trivia answer. One of Harry Houdini's epic stunts was to be trapped underwater in a coffin for a long time. The question was, how long was he trapped before he ultimately escaped way back in 1926? Legendary magician Harry Houdini performed his last and greatest feat when he spent 91 minutes in the 700-pound coffin, breaking the former record by about 30 minutes. I'm a professional here. Let me finish. (laughs) He emerged from the coffin looking 
according to journalists covering the event, deathly white. Our winner is <laughs> Chelsea Brennan slash Len. Yes. <laughs> Time for me to go deliver the deathly news to Joe's mom. I mean, in OG's handwriting. See ya. And Len Penzo. Finally. Comes home victorious. I think that's the key, Len. You actually got to be here to to defend your honor, apparently. <laughs> Len's here after a two-week break, and bam, he's there. G- G- Gwen might be a little off. I would just like to lodge <laughs> this game under protest. Well, that is like every other episode of the Stacking Benjamin Show. I don't know if you've heard it, but there's an asterisk after every single episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Paula. I failed you. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> Len now, only tied for last. Yes. Well, th- he must have cheated, though. Come on. <laughs> I think Houdini cheated. Oh, Houdini. Yeah, you- <laughs> Len can't operate his phone. It was definitely Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's a difference between the two. Hey, we're going to move this discussion up yet another level. The second half of our discussion is brought to you by Magnify Money. Gwen, when you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money, you know what happens? Uh, I get to your website. Oh, okay. Nope. You go to the Magnify Money website. Come on. Stay with me. <laughs> you, the Magnify Money people are like, what's going on now? What's this about? When you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money, Gwen, you find that those banking products you use at your brick and mortar bank every day, maybe not the best in class. Over 92% of checking accounts, savings accounts, CD rates, lending products, all ranked against each other at magnifiedmoney.com. Stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney gets you there. Gotta have the best. It is fantastic. Hey, speaking of the best, we have a bunch of uh, stackers hanging out with us here. If you would like to, to, to jump on stage and take part in this part of the show, please help us here because a key piece of this article, now that we've gone through uh, some of the basics, a key piece of this is the mindset that this man, Chris, said that he had. And his mindset is this. It is isn't about how much you spend. It's about value. And he talks about how he could have taken uh, expensive taxis places. He had plenty of money to do that, but he wouldn't have gotten the story about the fantastic, <laughs> the fantastic minivan ride through Grenada. And uh, I'll link to this in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. But this horrifying ride that he said was just a ton of fun. And there's a lot of times when they stay at hotels, if they stay at, at hotels uh, that are cheaper that money in the Ritz Carlton for them, it would have been wasted. So I'm wondering for all of you, what are some of those things that you spend less money on? Not because you're trying to be frugal, but because it's actually more fun. Uh, Cody, let's start with you. Something where you spend less money because the experience is better. Yes. This was a funny little story here with the van ride to Grenada. I did a similar, I had a similar experience. And so I am definitely one to, I'm definitely quantity over quality when it comes to travel. Like I love traveling. I'll get the cheapest Airbnb I can. You know, it's not like under a bridge, but it might just be like a one room in some place and accommodation. So a quick little funny story here. I was in Peru taking like an overnight bus and it was like the cheapest bus. It was literally like 66 cents or something in us dollars and i'm sitting next to literal farmers with like bags of potatoes in their lap on the seat like the bus smelled terrible it was like 97 degrees but now i look back at that that's an amazing story it was it was a horrible ride barely get any sleep but but it's a great little story to reflect on so you were with the locals too (laughs) i mean you weren't stuffy in some you know a limousine where you weren't you were living the local lifestyle yeah it was definitely an experience so travel is one for me where i'm totally on board with what chris was talking about in this article i will especially with accommodation, like for me anyway, when I go somewhere, I am out and about all day. I'm trying to visit all the cool places. I'm trying to do all the cool things. I don't need to be spending a thousand dollars a night on some fancy hotel when that's literally just where I can kind of sleep in a safe environment. (laughs) You know what I mean? So for me anyway, that's, that's where I cut back and I, I do a lot of traveling and it's always on the, it's always the cheapest accommodation and travel, or I guess I should say transportation I could find. That's that's funny you say that because Len, you and I have talked, I think about this before. I think you spend a little more when you stay places. I do. I'm the, I'm the total opposite. When I go to hotels, I, I spend, I enjoy the, 
you know, I like the Ritz Carlton or I like, you know, I like going to places like that. Why is that though? Because in this, in this piece, Chris, the guy said, and, and you don't spend a ton of time there. Well, it depends. For example, usually almost every summer, um, me and the honeybee and our friends, uh, a couple, another couple, we go out into the desert out, um, we go to the Ritz out there in the desert and we hang out there. It's a, it's almost, it's resort like in the bar. It has great bars and, and restaurants and we'll sit in the bar and we'll sit and play cards. And the, the Ritz staff is just treating us like Kings. And you know, it's worth it to me that extra, that extra money you're paying, you're getting the service and, and I'm paying for that service. That's, I want to be pampered and you know, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy going to the pool. I mean, I remember we were out there one day, the pool was, it was so hot. The pool was warm. They brought these humongous blocks of ice <laughs> and dumped them into the pool to, to cool the pool off. I mean, you're not going to get that service at the Holiday Inn, you know? Is it just me or does Len sound offended by this question? <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty defensive wanna... here about the Ritz. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not at all. Not, Back I mean, off I say... on the Ritz. <laughs> Len is bougie. <laughs> yeah, that's a little so bougie. High. Len's appearance here sponsored by RitzCarlton.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, head to ritzcarlton.com yeah, contact for, me, Ritz, for all your ice cube in the pool needs <laughs> right i think something important though len is that you know len's probably you know five maybe 10 years older than me max but you know maybe in 10 years i will want to go to the ritz carlton i'm in the asset building phase right now so i don't mind you know i don't mind hanging out at the hostel or hanging out at the cheap airbnb but that does not mean that in 10 15 years that i'm just going to be straight ritz in it i might be on the same exact page as you len well well cody thank you cody let me let me do the opposite though joe so when we go to ball games and and my daughter's got me on this a lot of times i'll stay down in the in the down at the box levels right on the field but when i go with my daughter we go up to the cheaper seats up high because she says they're more fun, and they are more yeah, fun up yeah. there. It's way – the people you're hanging out with aren't as stuffy, you know? I, I was going to chime in with this, Len. You're dead on. The best times I've ever had at professional baseball games are in the bleachers because yes. everybody there is there. To, I mean, they are going to make a good time regardless of what's going on on the field, and it's exactly. a blast. And every okay, time I've paid a ton of money to be right you know, on the, on the railing, it's – I don't know. It feels sterilized. Yeah, okay, exactly. But here's my thing, though. So ball games are where I tend to, you know, ball out and get all inclusive seats, because if you get the right all inclusive seats, then you're paying roughly the same amount up front that you would if you bought cheaper seats. But then you have to buy drinks mm-hmm. and it's just a more uh, in- inclusive experience. You know, instead of getting one drink and stretching it out over three innings, I can have. <laughs> five what? strawberry daiquiris in one game. Gwen is definitely about quantity. <laughs> one drink for three innings? <laughs> who is this? You cheap girl who doesn't want to pay $9 for one seltzer. And you also, Gwen, you, you get off. I mean, you're, you're fairly close to the field too. Yeah. The seats are great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, mine is restaurants. I have had uh, some just absolutely horrible experiences at really expensive restaurants. And man, when I can find a middle of the road to cheap restaurant where we have good food, great service, and a great conversation and more of a casual atmosphere, like I am way more about that than I am normally about a three-star, you know, three Michelin star restaurant. So you're an Applebee's guy. <laughs> no, I, I definitely want, Len, I want a place that's authentic to the town because to like Cody in that bus, now the smell that Cody talked about is not what, what I'm going for. <laughs> but seriously, if I can go into a town and I can go to a restaurant that I can only find in that town, but it's a place where people from that town hang out and they really like and it's locally owned and managed, man, that's fun. Not I not, hear you. Yeah, I was, I'm just pulling your change. Yeah, yeah. No, no not Applebee's, TGI Friday. Friday. What are you talking about? Joe doesn't like Applebee's because he likes to microwave his own dinner. That's right. I like to, when I hear them in the hot pockets, when I hear them in the back, uh, popping the lid off the ragu before it goes into the microwave. That's, that's not a great sign. Uh, Gwen, what is yours? I'm right there with Cody. I think my, my cheap out is accommodations on travel. Um, but instead of like staying in hostels or other accommodations like that, I go to visit people that I know and I stay with them. 
Um, so when I went to Australia, I saved thousands of dollars by literally sleeping on the floor in my sister's apartment. But that's something that your back can handle when you're, you know, 23, 24, and maybe not so much when you're 34. How do you know Len doesn't pay less by sleeping on the floor at the Ritz-Carlton? Well, I mean, he might, but uh, I don't think that the luxury carpet will be the most accommodating for older spines. Doesn't work that way, Len? Did we lose Len Penzo? We did. He's gone. I think maybe he got offended when she said older spines. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Shut him right up. Lynn's yelling at his phone right now. But I, I actually thought that was pretty, pretty good. Nice, nice going, Gwen. I want to ask Thanks. about, I want to ask about trips to the grocery store. Let's take this really down. Cause on travel, we've got different opinions. We talked about food. We talked about lodging. We talked about, about even transportation, but, but I'm thinking about like f- for me at a grocery store, th- things like condiments, I don't really care about except and this is really funny when it comes to mayonnaise like the off-brand mayonnaise i don't know why it just tastes like crap i i have to have the hellman's uh don't know what that's about but when ketchup mustard i really don't care cody how about you when you go to the grocery store i am definitely not a branded guy at the grocery store me and my girlfriend probably spend i don't know like 70 dollars a week between the two of us and we actually like Really healthy during the week, anyway. The weekend, all all hell breaks loose. But um, <laughs> but no, we don't we don't go for like the any of the top shelf, top name brands. We kind of just get things that are on sale. And like I said, we eat a, a pretty healthy diet, Whole Foods. And yeah, I can't say I can't say grocery is a big vice for me. It's definitely not an, an area of spending. So there's no one that I go to. Nope. There, there's no brand you have to have that you can think of in the grocery store. I mean, maybe hot sauce. I like Frank's. I'm, I don't know if there's even like a Shaw's version of a hot sauce, but that might be it for me. I'm kind of like you with your Hellman's. Well, and I eat a ton of apples, Cody. Speaking of good food, I eat a ton of apples, but it's Honeycrisp. I mean, which is one of the more expensive apples in the store, right? But Oh, yeah. But I don't eat just any apple. It's a Honeycrisp. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, Frank's Red Hot does it for me. That's it. Gwen? Well, see, here's the thing. So, like, I'm all for shopping at, like, Aldi, but I'm gluten-free, and I have to pay, like, $9 a loaf for some bread. Holy so I don't really get a choice sometimes. Yeah. You have to be very specific about, about what you eat. Yeah. So sometimes I might have to go for like the Kikumin soy sauce because that one doesn't have wheat in it when the regular grocery store brand does. So sometimes I don't have a choice, but there's always a choice in, do I want to eat that? And I've cut out a lot of things that are more expensive that are replacements for uh, regular products. Like, am I forced to buy Oreos? No. So sometimes, you know, I can just pass on those. Oh, I thought you were going to say, am I forced, am I forced to buy them? No. But am I going to buy them? Yes, I am going to buy well, them. Well, yeah. I mean, I have chowed down on more than one sleeve of Oreos since they came out with the gluten-free version in January this year. Probably that, the best thing to happen this year, to be honest. I didn't know there was a gluten-free version of Oreos. Oh, yeah. No, and it tastes exactly the same as the regular Oreos. In fact, my partner thinks that they taste better than the regular Oreos. It's it's so funny that everybody's got their thing. I'm also thinking that when it comes to like amusement parks, I am way, 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 way a Disney snob versus going to a regional theme park. Um, I don't know. Some people don't even love theme parks. Doug, I know. I don't think you're a big theme park fan, are you? Oh, I'm a huge fan ever since I worked there as a carny for years. Did you really? No, sure. Yeah, it's a great way. It's a great side hustle. It's a great way to make a weight. living. Yeah, I mean, guessing women's weight at the oh, at the nice. carnival, they love that. <laughs> yes, that is I got fantastic. tips like crazy. Len, how about you? Anything else that that where you spending extravagantly makes a ton of sense? Looks like Gwen scared him off. <laughs> Well, Len said that he's back, but we can't hear him. He texted me and said that he is back. Although, Joe, I will say that housing is one of the things that I'm willing to splurge on nowadays. In what way? The actual value of the house and the place where you are? Well, uh, for instance, we bought a house in March, and I'm currently in a five-bedroom, four-bathroom, 2,700-square-foot house for me and my partner. Do we two people really need five bedrooms? 
you sure bet we don't. But it's really nice to have all this space so people can come stay with us. We can have a roommate. You know, we've got all of our hobby spaces. So it's slightly more expensive than renting would be. But we have the space that we can grow into for the next 20 30 years. Well, and I'm also wondering that uh, with your mindset too, do you house hack there? Do you have people that, that stay at your house? You know, do you do Airbnb with some of your rooms? We do not Airbnb, but we do have a permanent uh, roommate on a month to month lease. He's welcome to, to go anytime he wants. Um, he came with my partner. They were roommates at their apartment and uh, we, talking about moving in together and both of them just assumed that he was going to go find his own place. And I assumed that he was coming with us. And both of us were very startled to find out that we were not thinking the same thing. And I said, no, of course, you know, he should totally come with us. That way you have somebody that's, you know, hanging out with you in the house. We have an extra room taken up. We have a little bit of help with the mortgage. I don't think this is a problem. And it's worked out great so far. It's yeah. Cause I could go either way. I think having the right person in that instance is very important. Oh, critical. Well, that's going to do it for today, guys. We'll have our guest of honor talk about what's going on where they blog and podcast, but Len, uh, you got the honors, ma'am. What's going on at lenpenzo.com? Well, it's that time again, Joe. It's I the can't 13th wait. annual sandwich survey. And tell people what that's, are you just going to leave me there? It's the sandwich <laughs> oh, survey. Well, Ta-da! I, I, <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd jump in there and say, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. Yes, it's, it's coming. My, it's my annual, I've been doing this for, this is going to be the 13th year where I've taken the same 10 brown bag, common brown bag sandwiches. And I do the uh, cost survey of each of those sandwiches based on all the individual ingredients. And so it's really been a very interesting look over the years of how prices have either gone up or down. And I'm really interested to see how it's going to be this year with the, the, the inflation this year. Oh, so. oh, I can't wait. It is the yeah. most fun way to look at inflation. And I know a lot of media give you a lot of press for this because it's so creative. And by the way, on Monday's episode, you'll hear Len and I also talk about it here. But you want to read the full story at uh, lenpenzo.com. Your favorite sandwich, Len? The BLT. It is the BLT. And that's the most expensive one too, right? Isn't it? I think 11 out of the 12 years, it was the most expensive. Yes. Yeah. Cody, thanks for hanging out again, man. Thanks for having me. It's been far too long. It has been far too long, <laughs> and it was great hanging out with you here. Tell everybody what's going on at the Fi Show right now. So we're still bringing on guests every single week. Episodes release on Tuesday. If you want to learn more about some of the stuff I was talking about today, retiring early, side hustling, all that good stuff, building a life you love, come check us out on wherever you're listening to podcasts. Yeah, Cody has these discussions every episode. So definitely, if you like this, you're going to love the Five Show. Wherever finer podcasts are served, correct? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the nasty smelling bus of podcast. It's the... Oh, Peru. It, yes. Yeah. It's more the Ritz Carlton, right? <laughs> Gwen Mers. So glad we got to hang out. Speaking of somebody else who I don't hang out with enough... Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a fun time like always. What's Once you finally got the app, by the way, Gwen and I had a fantastic discussion about what Mark Cuban looks like, which was <laughs> so fun. I'm like, download the app that has Mark Cuban's face on it. She's like, I don't know what Mark Cuban looks like. Seriously, he looks like every other white dude out there. I, don't, I couldn't pick him out of a crowd. I don't know. I don't I'm not a Mark Cuban fanboy. Yeah, <laughs> apparently don't don't watch Shark Tank even. No, no, no. I don't watch TV. Well, tell us what you do do because you're busy blogging at Fiery Millennials. So, what's going on there? Yeah, I uh, post a rigorous schedule of every so often when I can uh, <laughs> get my brain to work. So hit me up for updates on the blog at fieryMillennials.com. And you're always having conversations similar to what we had today too, I think. Yes, they are quite the varied range of conversations. Yeah, good stuff at Fiery Millennials. And by the way, if you're walking the dog or if you're one of the people that commute and you can't uh, look it up, we got you covered on our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. All right, that's going to do it for today. We've got a lot of people to thank, but uh, Doug... Tell me, my friend, what should we have learned today? 
Well, Joe, for all those people who tuned out when you started talking about having to have Hellman's Mayo, I'll tell them what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our roundtable. It's okay to spend on things you value, but also consider that sometimes spending more won't enhance but may detract from your experience and vice versa. So basically, just go have a good time and forget about the dineros. Second, to scratch your spending itch, buy assets that will grow in value instead of trinkets like model trains. That's exactly why I brought my 83L Camino on long-term installment plans. But the big lesson? Man, OG was ticked at me for using him as a scapegoat, and I can understand that point of view, I guess. I mean, but when he was yelling at me, guess what? Turns out that he has bad breath, too. If you have halitosis, don't scream about it when you're like six inches from my face. Hey, can somebody get me a mirror? I don't think I have eyebrows anymore. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Want more Cody Berman? (laughs) And who doesn't? You'll find Cody at The Fi Show, wherever you're listening to us right now. And how about Gwen Mers, huh? You'll find her witty repartee at FieryMillennials.com. And want a little bit more Len Penzo in your life? Uh, okay, I'm just going to leave that alone. Find more at LenPenzo.com. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, reminding you that when it comes to your breath, check it before you wreck it, people. And probably not a good idea to throw your friends under the bus either. Hashtag adulting. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. Nice job, studio audience. Everybody stayed put. I I was looking to see if uh, people would check out before the after show. And we kept everybody, which is better than a couple weeks ago. Hey, uh, I wanted to do another side of this topic, which is a time when you either went cheap and it didn't pay off, almost like you know, Cody, you did a nice job with your story about the bus and the and the stink, but a story where you really got to put some stink on it, where you go, you know what? Even in hindsight, that was a that was a horrible idea. And I'm thinking about a time that Cheryl and I stayed in downtown Chicago at a hotel called the Blackstone, which used to be a beautiful hotel, and hopefully it's been renovated since then. But but I remember we paid just a ton of money to be on Michigan Avenue, and we get to our room, and there is duct tape on our window, and it's mid-February, and you can feel the cold uh, Lake Michigan air coming right through, right through the window. And I remember that Cheryl and I held the blankets uh, between the two of us, and you could see right through the blankets. And I think that room must have been, I don't know, and this has been almost a decade, hundred and over a decade, maybe $185 to $200 a night. And wow. uh, yeah, stayed there only one night. But lend something where you spent a lot of money and it didn't really pan out? Ah. <sighs> Where I spent a lot of money and it didn't pan out. Well, yeah, okay, I'll give you one. Or you so went it was cheap. A restaurant. It, well, I've got a couple examples <laughs> where I went cheap <laughs> and it backfired. So uh, I, I think I've shared the story. This was 30 years ago now. My girlfriend for, for my birthday, there was this deal for a Bahamas trip for, I think it was $199 or $299. Uh, you know, you had to pay for the airfare to get to Fort Lauderdale, but then it was, you know, they, you got the cruise to the Bahamas and you got to stay in the hotel and, and, uh, 
it, what happened was the cruise was like a, the boat was like an oversized fishing boat. It was it was just a wreck. That was the first sign this was not going to work out good. And then when we got to the Bahamas, we took the taxi to where our hotel was, and the ho- it wasn't a hotel at all. It was a, a flea bag old apartment that we were given, and it was the it was just in the worst part of town. And we were like two miles from the beach, and it was terrible. And we actually went home like two days early. Oh, no. Yeah. It was a total scam. I Um, thought it was going to be the thing where it's, you know, free vacation, but you end up spending the whole time in a timeshare pitch. No, it was a disaster. So, Oh, that's so painful. We were at the end of a two-week trip uh, once, and uh, we were talking about baseball earlier. At the end of a two-week trip, coming back from the East Coast, our kids visiting all these colleges uh, after their junior year of high school. And we get to Pittsburgh, and we've got tickets for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, super excited because I'd always wanted to go to that stadium. And we we get to the we get to the gate, and the dude takes out the gun, and he and he tries to scan the ticket, and it won't scan. And he said, well, you know, it's a copy. Give me one of the other tickets. And he scans all four of our tickets, and they won't scan. And then he looks at the tickets, and he says, these were for yesterday. Oh. We got the, no. Yikes. We got, we got, oh, the, we got the date wrong. And it wasn't I like. I thought you were going to say they were counter. I thought you were going to say they were counterfeit. I've been no. to a concert, and, and where the people sitting right next to us, the two people had the same seats, and one, the couple that had the counterfeit tickets were kicked out. Oh. That really sucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Gwen, you got one? I don't have one necessarily off the top of my head, but I can tell you about my mom's who was going to go see the amazing St. Louis Cardinals play. And her and my sister drove three hours just for the game to be canceled due to rain. Oh. Half an hour out. So they drove three hours for absolutely nothing and just basically turned around and went back home. So they were out there, but. There was, a, they got like a rain check, right? They go back and. Well, yeah, but I mean, they already had things going on and yeah. they couldn't attend the, the made up game. Yeah. Yeah. Six hours of driving, food, all that yeah. stuff. Yuck. Yeah. Cody, how about you? So I've got another Peruvian adventure gone awry. So <laughs> we land in Lima Airport and we just ended up booking the cheapest, closest Airbnb possible because we were getting in super late. It was 1 a.m. And I didn't know anything about the area. I had no idea that there are good pockets and bad pockets and then the pockets that you just don't want to go to. Well, our Airbnb was in the pocket that you just don't want to go to. <laughs> so we show up, there's like literally jail bars around every single building. It looks like next door had just recently been bombed. But we had nowhere else to go. We didn't really know where we were. We <laughs> get into the Airbnb. There's like six people sleeping on the ground, like in the kitchen. One guy's like hacking up a lung. We get up to our bedroom. It has like, <laughs> this is, it's super creepy. It had like uh, basically kids blankets on it. Like think of Disney characters. And this is like three full grown adults traveling. <laughs> They're all like single size beds. Definitely that room hadn't been cleaned in years, but we slept there. We made it out as early as we could in the morning, but I that definitely regretted cheaping out and not doing the research beforehand. I don't know that, that I would be because I was, you know what, Cody <laughs> Lima, Ohio is, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm... That's why Gwen moved away. Right, Gwen. Oh, you know it. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although Cody, which is worse, a mirror on the ceiling or kids bedding. That's very true. I'm proud to say it didn't have the mirror. What's the problem with the mirror? <laughs> Maybe I tuned out for a minute. <laughs> what? Uh, Doug, you got one? Yeah, actually, I'm thinking of a time when my brothers and I went on a fishing trip in Colorado and Wyoming, and they rented an RV from like the, the RV version of VRBO because they didn't want to go to like some major dealership and get a new one. They wanted to save a bunch of money. And so um, it was a heck of a great time. We, we had all these great stories from it, but the whole trip, I'm trying to be the good, I'm the youngest brother. I'm trying to be the good guy and sleep on like the, I'm the tallest brother and I'm trying to sleep on like the shortest bed and, and just be cool about it. And they're finally like, no, you got to go get the good bed in the back. It's your night. It's your turn. Get back there. So that's the night when we had torrential rainstorms and uh, 
let's just say I woke up in the wet spot on the bed. (laughs) There was a sun, there was like a sunlight over the bed in the back and it it might as well have just been open all night long. And I woke up like sloshing around. It became a waterbed. It was, it was awful. And all because they had to go cheap. Doug's kidding. He really had too much to drink the night before. And that's how he got to the wet spot. (laughs) It's a real story. That's the other kind of waterbed. (laughs) Whole different. Well, Stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.